and then finally there's this one moment where it's like you hit that hush point and and it could be um it could be anything as some it could be the simple thing as saying hey let's work that, that's it for tonight we're done and as soon as you say that it's like boom the switch clicks in and all of a sudden someone says wait a minute what's that on that mountain over there you know <laughs> so and then the, the one of the crafts that's kind of like have been standing by uh all of a sudden flares up so um you know as i've mentioned in other places that japan has a very uh high activity of ground lights they call them and that's uh um strange lights uh on the on the ground level or very close to the ground what is there to learn from someone who has run dozens and dozens of ce5 group training expeditions we'll find out in this episode featuring greg sullivan a man who's been doing just that in the country of japan for over 10 years ce5 stands for close encounters of the fifth kind which means human initiated contact with extraterrestrial beings through some simple protocols that anyone can do. Greg is one of the CE5 ambassadors who was in the recent film called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Our conversation gets very wide ranging, but we started things off discussing Greg's early experiences in organizing CE5 group events in Japan. Yeah, could you go into some of the um, early experiences that you had and the synchronicities and just I mean, some of the contact experiences that you had um, with your first groups that you've organized? Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, so the very first uh, CE5 in Japan was my birthday, uh, end of July of 20, uh, uh, 2010. And so um, at the time, it was just friends and uh, uh, a couple, who, a newlywed couple, of, a friend of mine, and we were out all night. And uh, yeah, just uh, really my from the whole get go, my personal life and the CE5 Japan project were one and the same. So um, my, I was being guided to the right place to do it, the right time to do it. And, you know, we were having amazing results where, uh, one confirmation after another and, and, you know, continuing contact where, uh, other people, um, I think that was a recent episode of your podcast, uh, Andre was that, uh, the contagious factor. So we actually had in the early days, we, one of our first, uh, events with, um, several people there, uh, that area experienced sightings. Um, continuing on for the next few weeks. And and uh, so one person was at a stoplight on his way home from work at 10 or 11 p.m. and saw something very large in the sky. And and um, so this kind of whole excitement factor and and that whole resonance effect was was uh, touched a lot of people uh, around me, you know, right in the beginning. Um, otherwise, other things were, uh, of course, um, the kind of photo evidence we were getting on the, in the field site in, in the beginning years. And then, um, uh, of course, the uh, the fact that, um, you know, just a little effort was producing a major, uh, you know, uh, c- connected to some pretty major sightings. So um, that was uh, it, it was an anchoring process. It was uh, it gave me more and more confidence to continue with, with what I was doing. And it also showed people how you know, this, the world of the new age and, and sort of spiritual until then had a lot more growth that could potentially occur with this whole ET element. So, uh, we were bridging two worlds in, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. So the first, uh, event we ever did in the, uh, outside of my home area, uh, involved a lot of kind of like, uh, more, more well-known eventers that were, um, you know, they had quite a reputation and there was a lot of like healers and people who were way more experienced than I was in the, in the spiritual field there. And so um, uh, we went through a process of having some major sightings. It was, uh, I think it was on a, of autumn equinox in, yeah, in the September, end of September. So we had a, um, a very powerful event and 
And uh, I think there was like 40 people there. So I was just overwhelmed with the, um, you know, having to do the lecture in Japanese. And my, my skills are pretty up to snuff, but I was still str- um, working out my whole prep process. So we were at a hotel that had a, a proper lecture room and everything. And um, the one of the co-organizers actually passed last year in a, in a house fire. But he was a um, very, uh, he was a researcher of the kind of ancient um, hidden alphabet Um there's very virtual little information, uh, virtually no information in English about it. It's called katakamna, and it's a lost um, ancient alphabet or hieroglyphic system from ancient Japan. Um, so he um, <clears throat> was studying that. So uh, the funny thing was that, you know, as the night went on and, went, and it went cold, got colder and colder, I had gotten the direction, I think it was east, let's say. So we were on the water and we were facing what looked to have been where the sky was, you know, the most uh, open and clear um, looking out at the Kobe area, a lot of light pollution. And so finally, as people were getting colder and, and going back into the hotel and we lost, you know, over half the group as time went on with nothing happening after those initial sightings. Uh, this was at our second lo- location. And so uh, I finally decided, oh, look, well, let's change. Let me follow that direction of what I got from inspiration and go look at, you know, we'll change the face our direction to what's looking at the forest, but it is in the east, you know, and is it looking east. So at that point, we only had about uh, five people left. It was, I think, after 1 a.m. And that's when the real amazing magic started, where um, we had a super close ground light uh, appearance right behind the hotel on this like rock mound that had, you know, forest, a thin forest cover. And uh, the people there could not believe their eyes. It was like, um, it looked like someone was doing donuts on a motorcycle in, in the woods there, but there was no road there. You know, it, it's just kind of, uh, it, it, it kind of stumps you. And, and they love to ride the line. I see a lot of ETs love to ride this line of, they blur your perception as to one second. You're saying, Oh my God, that's a ship. That, that's only a, a couple hundred meters away, you know, like right in front of us. And then, then, then you start to doubt yourself saying, wait a minute, who is that someone flashing a, a light? Like, are they dancing in the woods over there? Or is that a motorcycle doing, you know, there's no noise, but it, it just, so that it kind of like, they love to blur that perceptual, um, you know, uh, gray zone, you might call it. And then uh, finally, the interesting thing was that um, that was a rare experience where um Normally, you hear about the site being warmed up, you know, when it's like getting cold out like that. A lot of people experience a heat inver- temperature inversion. And this time, um, I they made me feel really cold. So they actually did this thing where the the these sort of like community leaders and, and elders in the Kansai area there, they needed to experience this on their own. So actually, the guides got me out of the way. And I was like, I kind of had to give up. I was so cold. I was like, guys, I'm going into bed. <clears throat> and... Um, and then they uh, they let these they it continued on for another half hour apparently they said so the the people who had they they really needed to have the experience but they they kind of didn't need me as the filter so that was sort of a, a interesting um, occurrence that happened there mm. that was within the first year of J City yeah I remember reading about that um, in in the book Paths to Contact yeah okay yeah yeah how was it. Um, the, I guess the translation process and the cultural um, um, kind of thing that you went through in, in bringing the, this kind of disclosure information and information about close encounters of the fifth kind to a Japanese audience. I'm curious how your experience might be useful for other people who are in non-English speaking countries and 
So uh, basically, yeah, the the just kind of paring down and uh, the contract trilogy is quite simple in a in a in its own right. But I think um uh, we a lot of us find that um not only are we trying to appease like the doubters, but we also on the other fl- on the positive side, it's so exciting how there's um um a new kind of science that attaches to the this contact or our Dr. Greer's cosmology is really quite um fleshed out. You know that's that's never really been that clear before. So uh, just um, helping to share that is really inspirational. Um, so I just, I think I found that um, finding the balance, I kind of just, you know, had to read the air and, and sometimes time speeds up. So you'll be in the, you'll be planning to do this amount of lecture. And then like you open, you look at your watch and like an hour and a half has gone by and it's like, Oh man, we got to get out in the field. You know, it's like, so it's, it's an, it's, it's a, it is like jazz. It's a, it is an improvisation the whole time. Uh, in Dr. Greer's meditation, there is a Zen uh, element in the in the fact that uh, what is watching the mind. So that is a yeah. um, in Dr. Greer's element. Uh, Dr. Greer's um, CTS and all that. St- a lot of the meditation is um, you know based on uh, Maharishi, uh, you know, and that kind of a uh, Sanskrit and the you know of course the puja and everything and a Hindu based cosmology. But the one element uh, he starts off a lot of the meditations with the, you know, wh- who is watching the mind, what is watching the mind's awareness is that that's a Zen uh, based thing. Yeah. Uh, mm. Based um, approach. Right. Yeah. And I, I, well, one thing I think with this work is that there's a lot of overlap and a lot of, I mean, what CE5 um, it's basically in line with a lot of spirituality and, and um um, religious teachings as well that like um, in terms of how you get to these certain levels of consciousness um, and what's possible um, when you reach those states. And um, so that's, that's something that's, I think it's nice that it's really accessible no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what your cultural background is um, there's, there's ties to it's because we're all human and we all have this certain experience and um, it's a universal thing. Like, <laughs> Yes, he's done a great job at not kind of biasing any kind of particular school or, you know, keeping, you know, leaving a lot of entrance entry points. Yeah, as you say, exactly. Hmm. Can you share like one, maybe one or two really impactful experiences of contact that you've had maybe in, um, yeah, just in the last few years? Well, yeah, um, yeah, there were, of course, um some of the uh ton you know just the building the momentum of the project of course is was um uh having the ability to you know have been published like that and and like i said so we had um uh connecting with a lot of soul family over the years and in, in, in the first uh uh you know our first uh our, our early supporters um in their area are we're still obviously connected and doing them see if i every year there so uh establishing this sort of local network in japan was such an amazing process of discovery and collaboration and and uh uh you know amazement so um and you know there's so many episodes of of contact and the all the different types and of experience we've had and um i think uh, the big thing you know is um you know, the, of course, when you thought it was like some nights, you know, there uh, some nights the activity is a lot hotter to, than others. So uh, what stands out in, in my mind is the times when, you know, we, you might've just been about to give up and say, oh, well, yeah, oh, it's like, again, this kind of logical mind. Well, kill, uh, today is, um, that's all we're going to get. Or, or um, it, it's sort of like this, uh, <laughs> they keep you doubting and, and you know, they kind of draw you 
you along. It's like, and then when, right when finally everyone is on the same page energetically, you kind of you kind of finally get there. You know, sometimes it takes a while. You know, you you could do a two hour lecture, you can show show them the process, you can die, you can guide three or four meditations, have a lot of downtime, have a few breaks, all within a you know three or four hour night. And then still not have any response, so that that can be really discouraging. And so you're trying to build this resonance thing, and and um, and then finally there's this one moment where it's like you hit that hush point, and and it could be um, it could be anything as some, it could be the simple thing as saying, hey, let's we're, that, that's it for tonight, we're done. And as soon as you say that, it's like boom, the switch clicks in. And all of a sudden, someone says, "Wait a minute, what's that on that mountain over there?" You know. <laughs> so, and then the, the one of the craft that's kind of like have been standing by, uh, all of a sudden flares up. So, um, you know, as I've mentioned in other places, uh, Japan has a very uh, high activity of ground lights. They call them, and that's uh, um, strange lights uh, on the on the ground level or very close to the ground. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> the uh, the peak of that was really in the islands of Okinawa, where we had uh, just incredible, like just jaw dropping ground light activity on top of the uh, water on the ocean. And so um, uh, having that become like a standard where like these very first times participants got to see this level that was like unheard of, like un- unthinkable contact. And that was like became their everyday standard. And, um, and so there was like this uh, kind of like an ascension project happening there on, in that area for a few years where even when there was no event, it also, uh, the supporters were, um, we all got on the same page. So they were able to go back and experience this, um, repeatedly, you know, um, even, even without, without protocols. So, um, we had like multiple witness confirmation and, uh, and the big thing about it was, is that this was area, the ships were appearing just like, uh, uh, 800 meters, less than a kilometer away right across from us with it in the right across this cove so um i got a ton of footage of that mm. and uh and it's an ongoing process so then you realize then like when that when that sighting and our events kind of we were having two and three events there in that site every year and then finally when it f- faded out and kind of cooled down um we ended up realizing that the place the ships kept appearing in was the grave site uh, or a sort of a sacred site of one of the historical figures uh, of the island um and so that opened up this whole other thing and then um yeah so that way it really connects into the shinto uh philosophy and and the ships really respect that and they they kind of like and time at times they will um you know uh connect to that that network as well energetically mm. so uh yeah that so that um you know just and then of course having kids in the in the site there so we had in those early events there was a the first one in that island was the day before the new school year started. And for some reason, there was a lot of families there too. So we had, you know, young couples with very small children and, and just kind of everyone, it just showed the, with an unfettered CE5, what, what the real possibility of the, the community aspect of it could be, you know, and, and we were able to manifest that amazingly in Okinawa. Yeah. And that's, that's something that you, it's, um, it's amazing, isn't it? When you, that the group energy, like when you're with a group like that, um, from people from all different backgrounds and ages and stuff, um, like the excitement, can you describe the excitement of like <laughs> where everybody's witnessing the same thing happening? Yeah. I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm, by the way, I mean, so yeah, just to describe the sighting is like, we're talking about a ground light that's active and on like visible for over an hour in the same spot. And then like having things shoot off of it and, 
just you know the the type of thing you might see in a in a crazy YouTube video for like 20 seconds going on for an hour and a half to two hours kind of thing. And then it just, it's just like blows your entire, uh, it just blows your entire, it sort of resets all your gauges. So the excitement, it's just like, you know, uh, yeah. And then when that, when the lights really flare up and they get large, like you just feel this, you know, you really feel the distance, uh, disappear. And so the whole group is, um, is lifted up on this kind of energetic carpet, you know, magic carpet. And so, um, yeah, just, it's just like a party, you know, you'll, you'll eventually, when I start to release those videos, you'll hear like just people screaming, (laughs) you know, it's, it's definitely not the calm, uh, (laughs) I'm going crazy too. You know, it's, 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 um, yeah, it's a party, totally a party. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I totally, I've, I've been there. <laughs> like, that's why I, I could, I, when when you were telling the story, I was like, oh, they must have been screaming and been like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and then, of course, the amazing thing is, like, when you have a child, like, you uh, have the laser, we use the lasers at times in the field, and and to, and to hold the child's hand and, and have them signal, and, like, they're getting this back and forth with a craft, it's like their life is being changed right there and there, you know, this mm-hmm. elementary school uh, child, you know, it's, that's an amazing, that's an unforgettable experience. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm so ready we to watch those. Gears, unless you want to yeah, continue yeah, yeah. a little bit, um, uh, about <clears throat> basically right now, there's also in addition to a lot of the, the truth that's coming out, <laughs> um, there's a lot of other stuff kind of that can bog, um, what's happening, um, in this movement, um, down, like, so, uh, uh, could you talk about, um, I guess just get into the modern, um, conspiracy phenomenon and like what's going on with, um, uh, with all of the, the stuff that's happening, like all of the, um, I don't know, fake news or, um, other stuff, uh, other conspiracies that are kind of, that go alongside, um, this movement. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think the, um, I think the whole, uh, topic of earlier about the whole programming being, you know, and kind of having to undo the, the essence of ET contact is sort of, um, you know, I've, we've called it like fifth dimensional spirituality. Uh, you know, it's, it's something beyond the, uh, the new age and, and spiritual, uh, world up until now. Um, and so, uh, and obviously there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, the UFO community has experienced a lot of uh, COINTELPRO type of interference and, and tons of disinformation over the years. So the amazing thing about CE5 is that you have your own experience, which is the most, the ultimate, um, you know, uh, kind of leveler where you, you're not, um, you, you can't, the only thing we have is our own experience in a way. So when you're giving your power away to things that can't be proven and, and just all sorts of testimony that's full of questions and full of holes, um, it presents this whole other parallel reality, parallel problem. So I think the, you know, the whole consciousness shift happening with the quote unquote ascension is you have to be on riding the ship, you know, you have to be on board yourself, you know, so um, people have been encouraged and kind of misguided to, uh, to off, uh, to outsource that process, the spiritual growth, you know, so giving their power away and, and, and the disinformation is full of hooks and it's like, it's a consciousness trap that sort of enmeshes people as they're awakening and kind of pulls them off their course. So it's, um, it's all about frequency and, and, uh, they've done a great job in kind of cloning, um, a lot of this, you know, the disclosure information over the years, um, 
and and of course the QAnon phenomena was really big in Japan. So I've noticed that you know this whole uh, last year especially there was a lot of uh, people waking up last year. Just like so the the time involved with their awakening process has gotten a lot shorter, and we have a lot of amazing resources at our disposal. But at the same time, these people are kind of targeted and are vulnerable to. Uh, having the, the lack of experience and personal interaction with these phenomenon uh, leaves you vulnerable to um, becoming misled and kind of, uh, you know, disinformation. There's certain core elements that are always the same. So um, the QAnon phenomenon was pretty big here. So I've kind of, uh, I, I wasn't openly um, supportive or, um, uh, you know, detractive of it, but I have seen, um, <clears throat> Uh, the one thing I've been kind of making videos on YouTube about lately is that, you know, we're no longer, it, if you, if you go up to the ET level uh, of the issues, then um, you kind of get beyond the political. If you stay in the political level, it's an endless, you know, struggle of, you know, duality, you know, so um, trying to raise the, and then uh, at least we're trying to get the people who awaken via Q and on in this, that sort of thing up into a disclosure mindset, because in the, in that material, You've got like the cabal. You're like one step away from where you could be, you know. But there's no mention of you, you know, use apps. There's no mention of ARVs. There's no mention of this, you know, the the really, really New energy, energy technologies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where is all that? So, hmm. um, it's like it's it's a what you might call a consciousness trap, a, a web, you know. Um, so, uh, I think that process of in, of initiation, uh, we need to bridge those. You know, there's gaps in between each of these, um tectonic plates hmm. so uh yeah I, i've been trying to make contact that content that fills that gap and also you know i think um the big blowback issue here too is when you uh when you get involved as a content creator and a, and a lecturer and stuff is what they're gonna what they've tried to done do is that when these movements then collapse is that it makes you uh especially you know i was home uh in the u.s last year so everyone now who talks about any of this stuff is automatically a Trump supporter. Mm. No, <laughs> and that's not the case at all. Right. So it's like, no, you know, anyone who talks about anything, it's, it's become so polarized that mm. um, they're, they've taken, they've hijacked all the dialogue. And so we're going to need a lot more, a lot of new keywords. I think the NLP aspect is that's part mm. of the uh, disinformation war is all about NLP and um, mm. neurolinguistic programming. programming. Need, yeah. Yes. Neurolinguistic programming. We need new buzzwords, strong uh, branding. Um, to kind of catch people's attention to at least get them back to point, you know, square one. And then um, the whole blowback thing is that, you know, once these movements collapse and then evaporate, um, you kind of, they're trying to roll us into up into that too. So at, at a certain point I've had to uh, say, I do not support this, you know, just say, no, you have to, you know, it's not, it's not being um, aggressive and it's not being uh, detractive, but it is setting up a boundary to say, Cause it's sort of like I found with yeah. these um, programs is hmm. yeah, distinction. Uh, and if you, um, if you don't say no at, at a certain point, no, not saying no equals yes mm -hmm. in this world, you know? So it's a, it's like, it's about consent. The, uh, the um, energetics of consent as well come to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I find that there's a, a major, you know, the tug of war going on is getting really aggressive. And, and uh, even if you didn't want to get involved, you, you sort of, guilty by association <laughs> when mm. you do this stuff as well. So uh, I think being uh, clear, communicating clearly, um, covering a lot of those gaps and, and those are all challenges and issues uh, um, we'll have to deal with in the future as well.
And um, yeah, I find that so when when people and then like in my perspective, people come to the events with these sort of preconceived notions. So the problem is that the ETs and how this relates to CE five is that the the guides will not the guides will not break those walls down for us. You know, it has to be we're giving them permission to uh, contact us by being um, vocal and present. And it all, that also goes down to our worldview and cosmology, you know, that all connects to contact. So if you want to be successful with your CE5 work, then um, I find that it's a process of getting on the same page as this, this sort of ultimate objective truth. So um, keeping that channel clear of programming, bias, distortion, and disinformation is really, really essential. So uh, group leaders and, and uh, people kind of... Um, uh, you know, going to carry the torch in the years to come on this uh, need to be aware of that distinction and, and that people are coming with those people coming in with this preconceived programming. You have to kind of deprogram that in a, in a little way, in a way, because the ETs aren't going to do it. So um, that's a whole ripe, ripe, uh, ripe, uh, um, you know, a topic that needs to be uh, dissected in the years to come, I think. Yeah. Because it's a full-on psychological warfare we're talking about. They're, they've, you know, they know all that they've gotten. They, they know these people. They know the human psychology inside and out. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, so you, you, we have to uh, set up a sort of perimeter or like a um, safeguards mm -hmm. for, for uh, you know, because that's going to block the the results of contact. You know, <clears throat> you could go to a grand slam, a ten in 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 a C five event, but if you've got half the group that's um, program whether that's fear programming or or anger related political stuff or are are these kind of like slight internal distortions then you're only going to maybe get to a level five you know and then there's no scale but i'm saying like in and what's actually possible you know so mm -hmm. that's uh it, it ties into coherence you know the group coherence is what we're talking yeah. about yeah 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 so, and uh, that has hmm. changed. That that climate has changed big time, and especially last year. So uh, the people that were coming to our events, uh, our YouTube channel really uh, took off last year. So every every, every single event, um, we had an enormous flood of new. Uh, I think all the groups, all the uh, organizers across the world did last year. Uh, a lot of new faces, which is amazing. So um, uh, that that can be. Uh, most people um, are totally open and it's just amazing, uh, but uh, but at the same time, uh, there are these topics and people want to people want to hear our opinion too. So uh, so uh, I don't want to have to default and uh, I, I so we we've, we've been pushed to be real clear about all that, you know. So that's all a part of the lecture I do, mm -hmm. and before we got into the field as well. Mm -hmm. Well, do you have any um, kind of last pieces of advice that you? Could give for anybody who's who's interested in in CE five. Um, definitely, yeah. I, I find that uh, definitely, you know, uh, first off, get outside. You know, I, a lot of people uh, try the uh, you know the tr practicing the meditation is great. I think everyone has uh, one hang up or another that that blocks them from going to where they could go. But um, I also suggest to definitely make an outing of it. You know, um, uh, I find that if you kind of like make a trip of it or a small uh, journey, you know. Um, go ahead and, you know, challenge yourself to get out, get out to the next state, next province, next prefecture, whatever, you know, um, you know, make a trip of it. Uh, if you commit a little more effort and time that really translates to major results. So, mm -hmm. um, 
and uh also you know i think the uh distance between us and the ets is 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 getting a lot uh smaller so uh expect uh, a lot more uh direct contact and you know the the beings will come the et guides will come right into your room so if you want to try and welcome them close in you know they'll they'll it's up to you if that's if you're okay with it they're they're there you know they're ready they're just standing by Mm -hmm. so um i think um i think people like they they see a lot of the tools and stuff the tools and and and, uh can be helpful and the equipment and the tech can be helpful but all you really need is that pure intention and and uh uh, you know um a little bit of time on your hands to, to try and uh, get out there and and just take it to the next step. So trust in the process. Um, you may not have results right away, but uh, you, you need to kind of, we also have to open up our strike zone and that you re- must realize that uh, the even the smallest changes of your environment, um, we're trying to pick up those subtle, uh, subtle aspects and subtle communications as well. So I, in my opinion, you know, see my experience to see if I was also it's not only just those amazing sightings and uh, interactions with the ships, it's also the telepathic element, the synchronicities, you know, the, um, uh, that subtle communication element, interdimensional communication is, uh, is really uh, developing that, the skill to catch that is really key as well. And uh, hypersensitivity or whatever you might call it, you know. Thanks for being here. I'm Andre Cardoso, the host of the show. And I've had these most recent episodes in waiting for some time now, so I'm so happy to finally get them out to you. I wanted to remind you that in June 2023, you should check out Dr. Stephen Greer's Historic Disclosure Conference, a new National Press Club event happening in Washington, D.C., and streaming online. That weekend will include the premiere of the new documentary film, The Lost Century, all about breakthrough zero-point energy technologies, their suppression, and their potential. That's happening from the 10th through the 12th of June, and more information is available at the links in the show notes. And for even more episodes and resources to help you along your own CE5 journey, check out those links in the show notes and head to ce5podcast.com. Thank you again, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace and love.